Welcome to Oaks Church, where we grow great lives and build big people. Thank you for checking out our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by this life-changing message from Pastor Joel Scrivener. For more information, visit us online at oakschurch.com or follow us on social media at Oaks Church Texas. Today, what I wanna talk to you about is we start a brand new part of our series. We've been in the series Made for This. Today, we're calling this brand new portion of it Gifted. We're talking about understanding the gifts that God has given you so that you could maximize those gifts and really know what to do with what you've been given. And the very first thing that I wanna ask you today is when you think about an expert, what do you think about? When you think about an expert, what do you think about? I think about maybe Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci. If I'm thinking about sports, uh, maybe I'm thinking about Michael Jordan or, or, or Tiger Woods. I think about people that are just absolute experts in what they do. We all think about different things. You might think of, of a Chip and Joanna Gaines, or you might think of, of Caesar Milan, right? The dog whisperer, that dude is an expert because it's not the problem. The dog's not the problem. The person is the problem. It's human beings, right? Dog lovers agree, right? So but who knows what you think about? It could be your boss. It could be an industry leader, someone that, that is in your field, and you really think about that person as an expert. But the most important question today is this. Do you think of yourself as an expert? When you think of an expert, do you come to mind? Because it's a very important thing to understand that God uses experts. He's used experts all through his history. I'll read you a couple verses in just a second. Why would it be important to be an expert? Well, if God has given you gifts and you're to glorify him by using those gifts, Philip Gomez, did you drive all the way here from Arkansas just for me? That's my friend right there, man. I love Philip Gomez. Oh my gosh, you made me cry right here in church. I never ever do that. Besides twice a week. If God has given you gifts and you're supposed to glorify him with your gifts, can you glorify him by being halfway good? Can you fully glorify God by being average? Can you fully glorify God by being halfway? If we're really gonna glorify God with what he's given us, if we're really gonna maximize the gifts that he's given us, each and every one of us have to learn how to be an expert in the gifts that he's given us. Whatever that is. God gave me the gift of gab. You don't ever have to wonder what's in my mind. I'm not good at poker. I'm terrible. I'm not good at that. I, I I can't keep secrets very well. Jennifer ruined Christmas for the first 20 years of our marriage. She'd be like, did you get me this? No. You did, I can totally tell. No. I had to literally, I had to pray and ask Jesus to teach me how to lie so Jennifer wouldn't ruin Christmas. Just joking. But God gave me a gift. A number of years ago, I made a decision. I read this great book called Good to Great. It has a question in it. What could you be one of the best in the world at? And I thought, you know what? I've always been good at talking. Maybe I could be really good at talking to people in front of people, teaching and speaking and all that. And I began to go to work, developing that craft, developing that gift. 
I, I'm not saying that I'm arrived and I'm one of the whatever, but, but I, I'm good enough for him to use me and a couple people will actually want to listen. But I encourage you, you've got to figure that out. What are the gifts that he's given me and how can I become an expert in them? Proverbs 22 verse 29 says this, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. God wants to raise you up. God wants to elevate you. God wants to increase you. Why? Because if you be raised up, he can draw all men unto him. When he's the center of your life. See, this is what's amazing with God. When we seek to glorify God, God seeks to glorify us. You don't believe that? There's actually a verse that says that that whom he has called, he's also justified. Who he's justified, he's also glorified. God actually desires to glorify you. Why? Because he made you and he made you do specific things. And when you do the things he designed you to do, it glorifies him. Your work is your worship. If you're in insurance, the better you insure your people is worship. If you're a builder, the better you build, it's worship. You glorify God by using your gift. And God uses experts. Exodus 31 verse 1, God gives specific instructions to Moses to build his house. And not only does he give specific instructions of how to build it in this passage, he actually gives specific instructions who to pick to build it. Not just anyone could build God's house. Not just anyone can build God's kingdom. Not just anybody can accomplish what God wants to accomplish. God uses experts, people that put their gifts to practice, people that decide to be excellent for him, to glorify him with the gifts that he has given them. Watch this in verse 2 talking about a man named uh, Bezalel, the son of Uriah, of Hur. He says, I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting jewels for setting in, carving wood, and, uh, and to work in all manner of workmanship. And I indeed have appointed him in Aholiab, the son of Ahimeshek, the tribe of Dan, I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you. This is a really cool verse because there are a lot of people that have thought for a lot of years that they weren't called to ministry because they didn't have a gift that fit on a stage. And what God describes here is there are specific types of ministers that are in specific types of crafts and fields and artisans, and they are, they are gifted by him to create and to build and to design and to work with their hands, and it's actually a form of worship. It's actually a form of ministry, and it's no less significant than the person that sings or plays or speaks or anything like that. We're all part of God's body, All of our gifts matter. Somebody put balloons together. Somebody did that. Somebody, some beautiful artisan that God gave wisdom and knowledge and understanding crafted those amazing donuts out front for the glory of Jesus Christ today. And some of you worshiped all the way down the hall. A little girl literally worshiped. She's like this. 
She's walking with her donut down the hall, this beautiful work of art. Come on, guys. There's no telling what God may have given you that's a gift that you don't think is a traditional gift. And if you're not careful, you could belittle it. Well, I only work on computers, Joel. I only work in banking, Joel. I'm just a homeschool mom, Joel. Yeah, and that homeschool kid might be the next senator of our state that's gonna change the legislature so that we can have an environment that we can worship the Lord. And you understand, if we don't raise the right type of people, we lose the freedoms that we so enjoy. Every job matters. Every gift matters. It's not one person that's special and everyone else's minions. There's no minions at Oaks Church. There's ministers at Oaks Church. You must become an expert. The only way that you can become an expert in anything is to be a good steward of your time. Every single one of us waste time. Every single one of us. Social media. Oh my God, I'm so tired of social media. I mean, I know we need it and it's great to market and none of you would have known about how cool our t-shirts were if it wasn't for social media and there's a lot of great benefits to it. But for crying out loud, how many games do we really need to download off of Instagram or Facebook or whatever? I, I met the world champion, one of the companies that I was uh, coaching in, I met the world champion of Candy Crush. No lie, first place in the world in Candy Crush. She had spent thousands and thousands. We could have built an orphanage in Africa for the, for the price she had paid to be a fleeting champion of the world of Candy Crush until she ran out of money to spend on Candy Crush and then somebody began to beat her. You have to put time into it. If you're going to be expert, if you're going to be great, if you're going to be good at anything, it, P, PGA golfers aren't, aren't the best PGA golfers because they were just naturally good at hitting a ball. They hit thousands of balls a day. It's tedious. It's monotonous. It's the little things you do over and over and over and over to sharpen your gifts. I've heard it said that practice makes perfect, but I don't actually believe that. I think practice makes confident. The more you practice, the more confident you get. My wife was a very good hairstylist. She still is, she just doesn't practice anymore, but my wife was very good. You put a pair of scissors in her hand and she became the boss of the universe. People would come in and say, I want my hair to look like this. And she'd say, oh, honey, no, that's not going to work with your hair. Let me tell you what we're going to do with you. And she was literally, she was in charge and she was confident and she's cutting your hair and she's getting into your business and she's talking to you about your life and she's asking you, well, are you a tither? Well, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Have you received the gift of tongues? Have you, and people just sitting there with scissors going, oh, okay, I'll give my life to Jesus. And she just, <laughs> but she spent time, I mean, she was so confident in that. She was so good in that. Why? She had a passion for it. She was artistic. She had a natural gift. She went to school. She practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced. And that's how you get good at anything. But practice makes confident. See, if you lose your confidence, what, what makes, what, the difference between an okay singer and a great singer is confidence. Not necessarily talent. It's the confidence to belt it out. It's the confidence to stab at that note. They gotta have talent. 
But without practice, they don't have confidence. See, practice makes confident. Confidence improves performance. Great performance yields great results. And consistent great results bring promotion in your life. We've got to be people that have persistent. I, I used to say that heart plus talent equaled greatness, but it's bigger than that. See, I trained a lot of people. I've trained thousands of people in my, in my few years on this planet. And I, I trained, back when I was a professional martial artist, I trained national champions and world champions. I trained people that won world championship gold medals and were the best in the world. And, and what I found is it wasn't necessarily, in fact, it was rarely, rarely, rarely the person that had the most talent. Oftentimes, the people that have the most talent, things come too easy for them in life, and they take it for granted and they burn out when it gets hard. But it's the people that have a lot of heart, that have a lot of grit, that are willing to, 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 to push through in the face of obstacles, that don't take for granted because they work so hard to get where they are. Those people with heart and talent, if they will add the, the mass multiplier of persistence, they can become truly great. Listen, when you become truly great at the gifts God has given you, as menial as you may think they are, they make a difference in someone's lives. You have no idea, you have no idea the difference that you might make in someone's life just by using your gifts. But there's a gift that I really wanna talk about today, the greatest gift that you can ever be given. In fact, the greatest gift that was ever given was a person. His name was Jesus. God's greatest gifts to you are the people he gives you in your life. The greatest resource that you will ever have are the relationships that God gives you in your life. We can't talk about being gifted and think it's only about you and what you have inside of yourself because none of the gifts that are inside of yourself can truly be brought out and developed and cultivated without other people that God brings in your life to sharpen you and to make you better. The scriptures are very clear that iron sharpens iron like one man sharpens the countenance of his friends. The people that God brings to you are the most valuable asset that you have in your life. It doesn't matter how big or how amazing your dream is. It doesn't matter how talented you may be. If you're not connected to the right people, you will not accomplish much in your life. This church isn't great because I'm great. This church is great because there are hundreds of people that God selected and collected and drew together to do something special. It's not about one, it's about all. It's about us. It's the people that God has drawn together. That's what makes this church great. If it's just Joel by himself, it's not great. It's not great at all. Because Joel's a very limited, imperfect person. And, and the reality is that God's gonna bring other imperfect people to fit together like a puzzle. In fact, if I could say it this way, there's a verse that talks about how God's strength is perfected in our weakness. Can I tell you that God's perfection is made manifest in our imperfection? He chooses us with imperfections intentionally to radiate his glory through. Can I read you this verse in 2 Corinthians 4? 
It says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Watch. But we have this treasure in jars of clay, in fragile earthly bodies. The treasure of the glory of God is revealed in our fragile earthly bodies, described as jars of clay, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. See, there's nothing more than I like that when somebody who knew me way back when and knows the, 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 the scallywag that I was, way back when, and then says, you, you're a pastor? Really? Are you kidding me? Because they were there doing all the things that we were doing back in the day. And I was the least person that you would ever think was gonna become a pastor. But God can use imperfect people if they'll make themselves available and he'll bring other imperfect people together They can do amazing things together. Um, If you were to ask me today, Joel, are you rich? I would say absolutely. I'm really, really, really rich. But it's not money. I'm really rich with friends. Daniel Rabbi Lappin is a really cool rabbi that I like to listen to. He uh, he's Jewish, obviously, but he loves Christians and he feels like his mission is to partner with Christians um, as, as brothers and to help elevate people in the world. And, and I, I really am interested in the things he says a lot because he talks about how, look, everyone knows that Jews are the richest people in the world. Per capita, let me teach you why we're richer than you. And it's all from their scriptures. They, they practice the scriptures and, and it, it just works, right? If you re, listen, if you read your Bible and you actually do what it says, the Bible talks about money more than any other topic. If you actually read your Bible, figure out what God says about money and put those things into practice, you'll become wealthy. But what Rabbi Lappin says is that your net work is equal to your net worth. If you actually want to have a high worth, it's gonna be all about the people that you are connected to in your network. It's the people that you have. It's the relationships that you have that make you truly rich. There are a lot of people that have a lot of money that are very poor. They're very poor in their soul. They're bankrupt in their soul because they chose possession over people and people are the greatest gift that God has ever given. In fact, when Jesus wanted to make it very clear how to love God, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you really wanna prove your love to God, you prove it by how you love his kids. You prove it by how you use the gift of who you are. You understand, you are the greatest gift you could ever give. On Christmas, It doesn't matter how many presents are under the tree if you're not present. You are the greatest gift you can give your kids. You're the greatest gift you can give your spouse. You're the greatest gift you can give your friends. The talents, the abilities, the strengths that are inside of you. Before this church was ever launched, 
I sat with my buddy Ken and we jumped on a whiteboard and, and we literally brainstormed and mind mapped and all this kind of stuff. And Ken used his gift to help me figure out what was inside of here and here to understand what God was really saying to me and, and, and the structure of what I was supposed to build and how and where and why and the whole whatever. It's other people that God brings into your life that they've got gifts that when you give your gifts to your friends, when you share who you are with God's people, that together you can become very strong and very powerful. We're better together. We're better together. Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise will become wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. We need to take very seriously who we spend our time with. See, the way I became rich in friends was by becoming very intentional about spending time with people. People that I saw something in them that was valuable, something in them that inspired me. Some, I, I, I could recognize the gift of God inside of them. And I started making my number one hobby, the number one hobby I have in life is spending time with interesting people just because I wanna get to know them. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna understand what God put in them. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna find out what, what they know. People listen to to my limited understanding all the time, but I wanna have the opportunity to listen to the vast understanding that sits in these chairs every week. And so my favorite thing is just getting out and spending time with as many different people as I possibly can and building as many relationships as I can. There was a time many, many years ago that Jennifer was like, Joel, you don't even really work. You just go to coffee and lunch and coffee and lunch and coffee and that's all you do. I said, isn't my job amazing? <laughs> the best job ever. I just... Get to love people all day long. I love it. And, and I hope that, I hope that, because I, I get it, I get it. There, there, there are people who have been so hurt by people that they love animals more than they love people. And I get it, because we've all been hurt by people. And although I do believe that all dogs go to heaven. There we go, okay, good, okay. And all cats go where? Just kidding, just kidding. I'm leave, that, leave that alone, leave that alone, leave that alone. It's not about the animals, guys. It's about people. Jesus died for his children. He died for his brothers, his sisters, his family. It's about people. And at Oaks Church, we've got to be the best lovers of people we could possibly be. Because that's how we love God. David had an amazing friend in Jonathan. He had an internal champion in Jonathan. Jonathan was Saul's son. And Saul, as you know, was the one that would later try to kill him. David was giving his life for Saul. He was serving Saul, but Saul was so jealous that he started throwing spears at David on a regular basis, and David had to run for his life. But in the middle of that, God gave David a friend on the inside, an internal champion. It was Saul's son, Jonathan. First Samuel 18 describes this. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant. They cut a covenant together. They became blood brothers, so to speak, because he loved him as his own soul. There is a relationship that people can have. There's a relationship that that sisters, that, that the daughters of God can have, that the sons of God can have, that's an intimate friendship that's pure and holy and incredible where you genuinely love people like your own soul. I've got friends that I'm telling you, if anything happened to them, their kids are my kids because that's my brother. 
and we're gonna take care of that family because that's my brother. And that's the relationship, a blood brother relationship that was formed here. He knit their souls together and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. It goes on to say, then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul and Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. And the entire time that Saul was trying to kill him, God had given David the gift of a friend on the inside that would say, David, no, here, don't go over here. And Saul was being confounded by his own son who had been given as a gift to David. So you may be in a place in your life where you're dealing with someone that is aggressively trying to oppose you. And I'm telling you that God has given you a crucial relationship in your life that will circumnavigate the attack of someone else. See, it's a common misconception that we think that there's a human being in our way. No human being can stand in the way of what God wants to do in and through your life. No human being can stand in the way of what God wants to do in and through your life. God will bring another human being that will come and partner and align and meet with you and encourage you and strengthen you and give you instruction because God will not have what he wants to do in you be stopped by a mere mortal. Nothing that God has said over you will fail. See, it didn't stop there though. David had to go through a time where he had to run for his life. He had to evacuate. And, and, and he had to go be alone with God. In fact, this, this part of the story happens in 1 Samuel 22 is the part I'll read to you in just a moment. But, but David had to run for his life. He, his first stop was to go see a priest uh, and, and, to, and to seek counsel. He, he went to worship. And then from there he ran and the Lord sent him to a cave. And the cave was called a dulem. And it says that when he got to the cave that the word got out and that God sent his family, his father, his mother, his brothers. The, see, so you have to understand the ones that who had once been against him, all of a sudden now he became their savior. All of a sudden now the Lord redeemed the entire relationship and he brought his family to him and David was able to preserve his own family line through the redemption of God. And in this passage, it says, now David therefore departed from there. This is 1 Samuel 22, one. So he went uh, to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard, they went down to him and everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them and there were about 400 men with him. David was sent a specific type of people that had this specific type of ability to accomplish what David needed to accomplish in the next season of his life. See, David had been in the palace with Saul. But in the season of his life that he was going to, let, let, me, let me just say, put it to you like this. God sends the people that you need, not necessarily the people you think you want. See, David didn't need prissy, pompous palace people. He needed nitty-gritty folk that would get down and dirty with him Amen. to accomplish the things that he was supposed to accomplish. See, when, when the Lord called us to step out and launch Oaks Church, this passage was one of the passages that the Lord spoke to me because it's, it's scary to do something like this. 
And, it's, and I'm like, God, what, what if we step out to do this? I'm leaving the security of what I know to go to do something that I don't know. And what if I fail? Come on, do you know fear of failure? All of us have it. Joe, you, yeah, all of us. God, what if I fail? What if I fall flat on my face? What, what if nobody wants, to, and the Lord said to me, Joel, you're gonna go, you're gonna run, you're gonna be alone for a season, but you're gonna get to that cave, and when you get to the cave, I'm sending 400 people to you. That's what the Lord told me. Do you know what we averaged in attendance all last year? Brandon, what was it? 430 people. Got a couple extra. Right? But it was a type of people that the Lord had hand-selected. See, the cave of Adullam, do you know the name Adullam? Does anyone know what it means? It means justice for the people. Justice for the people. There was a people that God was seeking justice for. There was a people that God was seeking a place for, a future, an inheritance, a heritage. And it's the same here with our family at Oaks Church, that there's a people that God has hand-selected. He said, no, I've marked these people to be part of this journey. They've got what it takes. They're not the the prissy palace folk. They're the people that can get down and get busy. Listen, prissy folk can't set up chairs and tear down chairs every single week. It's nitty-gritty people that are willing to get up and do what you guys are willing to get up and do. To be a part of a church inside of a gymnatorium takes a special kind of Christian that not not a whole lot of Christians are willing to do that. Because we live in an area where, where, where... Experts on church growth, they say the number one thing that you deal with in the city of McKinney, Texas is princess Christians. And this is what they say. That, that the princess Christian is the one that can feel, the, she can feel the pee 14 layers below in the mattress. It's, it's not a flattering thing. It's an indictment about how picky and how easily irritated and Christians, come on guys, if we're not careful, this whole thing can be about feed me, encourage me, build me, inspire me, give to me, 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 me. And that's nothing like Jesus. It's nothing like Jesus. So, so here at Oaks Church, listen, we're gonna bless you and we're gonna encourage you and we're gonna inspire you. But the whole thing is to get you up off your keister and get you doing something for Jesus. Because it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about him and it's about his people. Amen? He sends you the people you need. So here's my, here's my final question for you today. How are you doing stewarding the people that God has given you? How are you doing taking care of the relationships that God has given you? Do you take care of them or do you take them for granted? Oh, it's so easy to take people for granted. Anybody notice how well we treat our clients and then how rude we can be to our family? Well, I I mean, I can talk to them like that because they won't leave. Yeah, and how stupid is that? Why would we possibly be nicer to people we don't know just to get the contract or just to get the deal and then be meaner to the people that we live with. They could actually poison our food. (laughs) You ever had one of those moments you come home and I made you some coffee, dear, you're like. It's poison, I deserved it. Come on, guys. 
We've got to take care of the people that God gives us. The most valuable thing we have in life are the people that God gives us. The most important thing that we have in life. It, it, when we stand before God, yeah, he's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? But part of what he gave you is the relationships in your life, the people. Did you love my people? Did you truly love the people I put in your life? You've got to steward those relationships well. Part of stewarding the relationships well are figuring out who are the people you're supposed to be submitted to. It's not all about being in charge. Who are the people you're supposed to be submitted to? I have people in my life that I'm submitted to, people that can tell me no, people that can shoot me real straight. Why? Because I need it. I don't know everything. I need it. And no one becomes great without having a great coach. No one develops the gifts that are inside of them without having someone else that knows how to develop those gifts. We gotta find the right relationships, the God relationships, and submit ourselves to them and invest our time with the people that God has brought to us. You are God's greatest gift that you can give to other people. You are his greatest gift. We give each other our very best. And it's one of the ways we glorify God, amen. Let me pray for you today. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.